Current time is now 7.21 p.m. here in Seoul, South Korea. Joining us live on Zoom, it's Kim Young-dae for Kim Young-dae's Back to the Culture. Welcome back to the program. Good to see you again. Speaking of which, do I look miserable? <laughs> yeah, you have a hat at your home. Even, uh, even my, my hat and my glasses cannot cover the, all the frustration that I felt throughout this whole week. Because of the the World Cup. Oh, you were frustrated by the World Cup? I mean, they went to the round of 16. I mean, we should be happy with that, no? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy. Extremely happy. <laughs> but, I, but I always won more. Yeah, I mean, I guess as a football fan, uh, Young Day is actually a big fan of sports. We talk about uh, college sports uh, time to time in his, uh, in his Seattle Seahawks and things like that. Uh, but, I, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. But uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great World Cup, right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's just that the, the time difference uh, made it so difficult for us. And I think it's going to be even more difficult uh, in four years when they do the uh, the U.S., Canada, Mexico World Cup, where <laughs> it's going to be the time difference is going to be terrible here. Uh, young and, and what, yeah. what do you think? Which team would win it all? Oh, this year? Yeah. I, I mean, you'd have to kind of go with Brazil, right? I mean, the, the way that yeah. they're playing. And also, you know, the story about like Pele, uh, it doesn't seem like Pele is very healthy <laughs> right now. No, no, no. <laughs> Pele's in the hospital right now. And so, oh. yeah. Oh, so, oh, I haven't heard it. Yeah. So Pele's in the hospital. Really? They're saying that oh. it doesn't look good. And so the Brazilian national football team is really mm. using that as a motivation uh, right. to try to win the, uh, the, the World Cup. So... Um, it's some class. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. Um, sure. Speaking of legends like <laughs> Pele, like Pele, <laughs> uh, she is certainly a legend to many people out there. We're going to be talking about Boa. Yes, yes. Um, well, in, in K-pop, in music, in in US, you know, American pop, British pop, you know, we 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 music fans, you know, tend to talk about, you know. You know, the, you know, bring the names like Michael Jackson or mm -hmm. Whitney Houston mm -hmm. or or the Beatles. So, so we, you know, enjoy talking something like next Michael Jackson. You know, Korean Michael Jackson and you know, K-pop's Michael Jackson and British um, Beatles. Uh, no, no, American uh, Beatles or something like that. But this one, Boa, might be the might be the close thing to Michael Jackson in K-pop. You know, even though she's a She's 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 obviously not male artist, yeah, yeah. but uh, for me, um, in a, in a lot of ways, I mean, uh, the backgrounds and how she was trained, you know, hard in uh, in music business when she was really in a uh, you know, young, uh, the age of uh, eleven, twelve, I, I guess, and uh, how she you know developed herself into a real artist from the idol. And the artist, and uh, how he constantly changed, and uh, you know, evolved her style uh, into something else is just so. Uh, I, I think that's really reminds me of you know someone like Michael Jackson. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't know that when Boa debuted at the age of thirteen, Korean age fifteen, this was unheard 13, of. Right? Yeah. Yeah, this was unheard of. That, no one that at was... that age. And it would debut, which is you know the one thing that I never understand because Bo and I we we're the same age, and so when I was thirteen, she was thirteen. When she debuted, 
I was like, what? I mean, I'm here in like uh, middle school and she's debuted already as a uh, talent. She had a lot of anti-fans. They, there was a lot of hate towards Boa, which was really unfortunate because, I mean, at such a young age of 13 Western age and 15 yeah. Korean age. Well, it makes kind of sense because, I mean, she she just just you know started to receive this spotlight from everywhere right, right from the start and uh and she was such an unpresented uh kind of whole, whole different creature in music mm -hmm. uh, you know the in in the 80s i mean we we had uh someone like kim wanson I mean, who, who debuted in age of uh, 16 you know trained as a as a dancer and a singer uh by her uh, by her aunt so it was more of a kind of personal training in mm -hmm. that sense but mm -hmm. but boa what, what you know makes boa such a such a historic figure in music is, is she was recruited the age of 11 12 i, I think by sm entertainment mm -hmm. it, it was completely not planned at all at the time when she was recruited but then uh she was absolutely kind of kind of forged um and fostered uh under this this iconic sometimes notorious the, the the SM mm -hmm. uh, and, and you know trainee system, and uh, she, so she became the officially the no, first uh, kind of official K-pop star who was uh, you know intentionally targeted two different countries. I mm -hmm. think that that's a really kind of historic achievement. So yeah. Boa in Korea was was another K-pop star, right? But then. Boa in Japan was completely new figure, oh, completely different figure. She was trained, yeah. I mean, she was trained as a Japanese singer. Yeah. You wait, know, wait, wait. That was that was the initial. That was the initial plan in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So initially, yeah. they were going to just train her to be a star in Japan. Yes. yes, two different. So two different artists, one artist for two different countries. Wow. That was the. Um, right now, we look back. Yeah. And then uh, called it kind of iconic first step of SM's or K-pop's own the local strategy, localization right, right. Str right. strategy. So, so, but the idea was completely genius. I mean, we have a, a, a genius talent like Boa and uh, train her, you know, uh, for two different markets. And it was initially, well, successful. Mm -hmm. uh, Boa got the number one hit in Korea and the became the first K-pop star ever to to reach the number one spot in Oricon chart. I mean, <laughs> it was an unbelievable um, achievement. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well, definitely it would have been so tough for her to achieve those, you know, amazing success in two different countries using two different languages, using probably two different personas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, two different attitudes and mindset. Um, yeah, but that's why uh, we, we, well, you know, music people respect her so much and regarded her as probably one of the most important figures in K-pop. I have to say, I remember her debut stage again. Uh, I was in, which one? Well, with with IDP Speed, right? This this was her, <laughs> IDP Speed. <laughs> uh, when she came out, and I was uh, watching, I think it was Music Bank at the time. You know, I I go to yeah. Taegwang Video and then borrow my video, <laughs> and then this girl named Boa comes out. And she's from SM Entertainment, which is at the time known for their uh, HOTs and the SES, SES, and yeah. things like that. And then in comes this girl, and this song, IDP Speed, and I'm hearing this, 
at the age of 30, and all my friends are going, dude, you know, she's only 13 years old. This, I, it revolutionized, I think, music. And I, and I think everyone was going, oh my goodness, K-pop can be started at a very young age. And she did such a good job, right? Because there was a lot of like young talents before and no one could match that. I think there was people like Joanne, right? Who unfortunately right. passed away. There was like Hanir, who I, everyone and tried Changnara. to copy. Yeah, yeah, Changnara. I mean, she had relative success, but no one could imitate what she was able to do on different levels. I, I, I mean, the, the, the level, the yeah. level of, um, you know, the, the, the artistry, you know, the, the trained artistry and, and the genius of it, it was totally different. I mean, uh, we, we had HOT, no, SES, they were all talented. Uh, musicians and uh, you know K-pop stars and obviously Finkel, Baby Box, uh, the same generation. But Boa was uh, really, you know, it was a complete package. And the, everything she did, the singing, you, you know, you, you could definitely see the how she was well trained. Mm -hmm. I mean, how she was just uh, just a complete <laughs> singer from the from the from the very first moment. You know, uh, it was. Maybe it's a, it could be a some some you know the aspect of K-pop that well nowadays you you can criticize it you know you you just brought the talent and uh, made made them a kind of factory forged idol things like that but but at the time Boa was absolutely the the one and only star you know that had that kind of level of talent yeah and uh, the level of kind of complete um, the the package right uh, as a, as a dancer as a singer uh, it was amazing. Yeah, and of course, she kind of had this very innocent look. Uh, she did look very young. Yeah. She was very young. And so you have songs like, for example, Number One, where, it, I mean, you hear from Number One, we're going to listen to a couple of them. Number One, she still had that very much innocent voice. She still had that very kind of uh, innocent uh, image. Um, and yeah, then, because she, because she does change over time, and this is—I mean, she's only what uh, now? I think she's 17 right now, Korean age, uh, because this was uh, released in 2002. And then uh, Atlantis Princess, which was one of my favorite songs, uh, she still had that very much. Same here. Yeah, <laughs> one of the more innocent. She had the innocent look. This was 2003, and then she changes once she turns adult in 2004. She comes out with my name, and I think my name yeah. kind of was the the different image that she was going with at the time. Yeah, uh, well, she definitely followed the kind of similar steps of what American or British pop star, uh, you know, had made. Mm -hmm. You know, the, throughout the whole history of you know pop music, you know, the female artists always have that kind of like a step from the innocent girl to you know the teenagers and the more mature girl like like more mature sexy more um more expressive and sometimes uh you know like madonna it's more explicit mm -hmm. um kind of expression in uh, in many different ways but boa even though she was not you know madonna type or katy perry type no uh, she, she's still a k-pop star so more more conservative in a lot of ways but she definitely, you know, showed us a, a those steps. Like she you was know, the, a the kind of natural progression. Yeah, natural she was. She was artist. a, in my opinion, she was a milder Miley Cyrus without going oh, crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, because right, without it, any, without any weird, kinda, weird, kinda naughty, <laughs> yeah. naughty image. Yeah, like it you wasn't I mean? overly sexualized. Although, I have to say, we talked about the success. Um, I believe who was it? Song uh, Shi Kyung, um, who is also very popular in Japan, said mm-hmm. that he didn't know the scale of how popular Boa was until he saw Boa and him at the airport at the same time. And Mm -hmm. the number of fans out to greet Boa far exceeded the number of fans there to see Sung (laughs) Shi-kyung in Japan. And again, (laughs) Sung Shi-kyung is very popular in Japan, right? But Boa tried to make a US debut. And um, this was- It wasn't wasn't successful. No, and and this song, Eat You Up, um, (sighs) I wasn't a big fan of this song. Uh, it, do do you blame song songwriter producer or Boa or or or, or the times? I think. Yeah, I, I think it's it's it's, it's a combination. More, yeah, right, right. You're right, but I, I, you know, I I think it's a it's a it's a matter of um, kind of different generation. I mean, the, the at the time, K-pop was was nothing. You know, Boa was you know, probably Boa was more popular than k-pop you know yeah and... nowadays k-pop you know the idea of the k-pop everywhere the fourth even fourth generation group you know they they made a superstardom right after the debut but at the time you know we had we had certain certain procedure you know the the process to be uh, at least relevant in the in the pop music market especially the the bigger market like japan and, and the u.s but but the u.s was was different different type of you know you know market even for boa you know boa was huge hugely successful in japan but uh boa definitely has uh, you know uh definitely has an uh, you know i uh the advantage as an asian singer you know she was more fluent uh in, in japanese mm-hmm. than in in english so i think that that was one of the issue but uh but overall u.s mainstream market never saw k-pop as a as a as a real thing at the time but she she did well, you know, in that aspect. Yeah, and I mean, I just didn't know what "I'll eat you up" means. The guy I was, I was just going like, "What is what does that mean?" I'll I'll eat I you know. I'll eat you up, and I I just I it it's just for me, it was around I think the same time that uh, Seven tried to make his U.S. debut yeah. with Lil Kim. It didn't and, work uh, out. Rain? Rain kind of had that, you know, mini kind of, you know, stardom in the United it's, States. You know, huge showcases and inviting all the big, big shots yeah. of, of Hollywood and uh, American pop music. But like, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the United States, they just weren't ready for K-pop just yet. No, not even close. Not and even to close. me, and this that's a shame because I feel like it was just a waste of talent. It was just a waste of an opportunity for her to go in at the wrong time and try to make a U.S. debut. But now I'm wondering, well, though, if she kind of uh, came in when it's like now, uh, the way that the United States and the Western countries are accepting K-pop, would she have been as popular? Because, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of the messages that are coming in from our listeners right now, including Jenga. Uh, I mean, they're big fans of BOA, but... Again, I mean, you weren't saying the same thing back in 2008 when she released the uh, the, the song Eat You Up, which, again, it's a weird title. Um, yeah, one, one thing's for sure. She could be way more internationally popular when she was, I mean, she, she made a debut these days. I mean, look, look at the first generation idol. W- would they be necessarily way more talented than Boa and SES and other, other generation of K-pop? 
not necessarily. I think it's a, it's a time and a kind of kind of more mature and a sophisticated, you know, the, the strategy of of the agencies. Um, so yeah, so maybe she's a. She was not lucky enough in, in in that aspect, but I think that every every you know big giants in pop music and in culture have their own you know roles, you know. Um, so she she kind of I would say fulfilled her role in pop music um, as a, a early twenty first century K pop star and probably the first you know nationally known pop star from from South Korea to the to the outside world. So she. She made it. I, I think she did her part very well. And uh, now that that's why now the the, the groups like Espa and uh, Red Velvet and the other SM, you know, stars they they just look up. But do you the, think the, to her, respect her as a, as a giant? But do you think giants. she maybe because um, what she does a lot of is you know she works as an uh, she works for SM uh, for a number of. Other things she comes out in these like uh, audition programs and things like that, but because my thing is as talented as Boa is, maybe she overstayed her role as a mm. K-pop artist. Because I'll be honest with you, uh, I have a list of songs <laughs> here. This is the last song I remember, Hurricane Venus. This is the last song I remember, and then there's songs like. Copy and paste, only one, kiss my lips, one shot, two shot, woman, better. I don't know any of these songs. I'm sorry, our, our yeah. writer's upset outside, but I don't know any of these songs. Um, it, it's almost like she was overshadowed uh, by all the other K-pop artists that came out, all the groups that came out, the younger uh, groups that came out and stuff. And, and I, it's a shame that you know she kind of overstayed her uh, K-pop career, in my opinion. Mm. And uh, yeah, you, well, know, I mean, you know, you know, you don't feel that. Pardon? Uh, do you not feel the same way? Well, I, I, I'm kind of with you. Um, not completely, but um, yeah. But I, I think the Boa, um, right now, mm -hmm. the the presence Boa itself is more meaningful mm -hmm. than her actual popularities. You know what I mean? I mean, the her music is still still good. I mean, I, I'm not saying. The music is bad, but uh, her music uh, right now is, is less influential than than other, you know, the K-pop star mm -hmm. like you know Espa and uh, you know Blackpink and uh, and others. But um, but again, it's been it's been twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's been twenty years. So look at um, this. Uh, one of our listeners, Alicia Fisher, made a very uh, interesting <clears throat> comparison, and I think agree sure. with her. She said, Alicia says. Boa is the Korean Britney Spears, except mm. Boa didn't go crazy for a few <laughs> years, and she not she didn't shave her head. But yeah, but it, isn't they, that important thing? I, yeah. I think the Boa managed herself so well. I mean, she. Uh, I, I talked about this earlier, but she kind of evolved herself into a kind of, you know from from the idol, from the young, you know the genius to uh to a really mature yeah yeah artist. definitely she, she yeah she wrote a lot of songs you know herself and she's self-produced the album so i i think the presence of uh, her in the k-pop music itself is really important because i mean right now the girl generation is coming back kara is even coming back mm -hmm. and a lot of like uh you know the past superstars you know they they need someone 
Thane is someone who, uh, who being there, you know, showing the, 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 all the influences, you know, great energy as a sambe, you know, and uh, as, as a giant and in K-pop, who would prove that even, you know, now the K-pop is kind of younger generation's game, but the, but the idea of, you know, older musicians and K-pop idol, older K-pop idols, being there, still showing a great energy, great uh, creativity. Yeah. Even though they're, yeah, whether it's popular or not. I, I mean, I, I'm not talking about the sales, but the uh, the relevance is in in the top, top chart. Uh, but uh, you know, the, the the artistry. I mean, the the idea of being there, still contemporary artist, not just uh, just a past legend, is is really important for uh, for this younger generation K-pop music. That brings the my next question now is because boa did release a new single recently uh we saw kara making a comeback which it's fantastic um kara's songs are great yeah kara's uh comeback was kind of emotional because again um it's yes. without kuhara right but why are we seeing all these i don't want to call them old school uh <laughs> Because, old schoolers are coming back. Yeah, like why are the old schoolers yeah. coming back? Like, why is this a new trend that we're seeing now? You know, the answer is so simple, because it's been twenty years mm-hmm. since the, the the first generation of K-pop. So, K-pop right right now, the the K-pop idol music or the twenty first K-pop has its own, you know, cycle of history. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The 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 in, in any moment in history, the, the the something just is coming back in in twenty years or thirty years. But now it's really time for K-pop to you know to, to bring back some old memories for the older generation of K-pop fans, and and also to the you know bring some some fresh ideas to the younger generation of K-pop. Mm-hmm. So I think the K-pop itself now becoming a real thing, you know, completing the the full circle. I think that's a really important thing because I mean, K-pop always been regarded as a as a as a kind of one shot mm-hmm. phenomenon or or passing fads or the really ha- having a short period of you know time and history. But right now, it's been twenty years, maybe twenty five years, and uh, right now we have own you know Godfather, Godmother, you know Sombe, mm-hmm. and uh, first, second, third, fourth generation. So completing the the full kind of lineage uh, of, of K-pop. So yeah, it's a kind of natural, you know, evolution, and uh, and uh, you know, creating its own history. You know, um, this was a. Uh, I know this is kind of random, but uh, this is something that I was talking to about with uh, our our team right before the show. Actually, um, <laughs> last month I went to a club with a, a buddy of mine, and because uh, he was visiting from New York. And uh, it was what they called it Kamsung Pucha, right? So I thought we were going to go to like, it said, it said, right? And so I thought it was going to be like LP bar because, you know, I, yeah. I enjoy going to LP bars, you know, listening to uh, some of the older uh, LP records and things like that. I go there, it, it's a club, and they play songs like, uh, you know, Chaja. You know, they play like uh, Finkel, they play H.O.T., Chess Keys, and then they go EXID, Tiara, they yeah. go, uh, Boa, Big Bang and stuff like that. And then 
you would assume that people that go to those uh, clubs are people like my age, right? In like the the thirties, the, the the mid thirties, late thirties, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I go there. My friend and I were the oldest people there uh, because yeah. it was people like in their twenties that were enjoying all this, and it goes back to the whole idea. Like now, they're appreciating all generations of music, and yeah. it's not just yeah. their generation. You remember the nineteen nineties or early two thousand swing phenomenon, yeah. kind of new retro swing. It w- it was by the new generation, not the old generation. Oh wow! And the neo punk re- re- revolution by by Green Day and uh, the other guys, yeah, Offspring. Yeah, yeah. They, they were they were you know the millennials, the Gen Gen X, not baby boomers. So yeah. it is probably the kind of kind of recycling the old stuffs. But they definitely kind of crafted with the fresh new material for the younger generation. So, mm-hmm. and also in, we had a you know Gen X boom many years ago. Uh, you know the probably due to the to the success of Indapara, the Answer Me mm-hmm. series. Right now, I see the the culture of millennials are coming back big. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm certainly seeing that right now, and I think you make a very uh, good point because I was wondering why you know Boa's coming back and Kata's coming back, uh, and I think uh, more and more groups might come back. But like I, I feel like that twenty year right, and then also it was like the World Cup, so we were all talking about like twenty yes. years yeah. since the two thousand two World Cup, and two thousand two always a, a big year for South Koreans and things like that, and so they're going back to all these uh, you know TV or music that were big uh, 20 but, years ago. Yeah, I, I just can't believe that the, the millennial stops, that, like the music from the 2002, could be the, the something nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's interesting. Because it's interesting. it doesn't seem, because if we say 2002, uh, because for me, like it's, I feel like the 2002 World Cup was like not too long ago, but that was 20 years ago. And 20 years. So, so many things have happened uh, in the past 20 years. But do you think now uh, more, uh, I guess, uh, t- I guess uh, artists and uh, groups from like maybe 20 years ago are going to make a return, just like what we're seeing with Boa and uh, Kara? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because I, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a, just a kind of natural, you know, process in, in pop music. You know, one thing is, is, is you know, getting kind of an opportunity to, mm-hmm. to have a, you know, the, for the younger generation and now i'm the millennials and you know who you know you, you never know what what comes next but the, right now it's really a a time for the uh, this all because i mean you remember the wsg wannabe of uh, the few years ago yeah 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 it was it, it, it was a kind of beginning of that transition you know the the you know the kind of trends right uh the early 2000s r&b you know all these uh, somori, you know, champ up styles, you know, R&B ballads are coming back right now. Uh, and uh, second generation, 2.5 generation, maybe third generation could be uh, of idols could be coming back in, uh, I think, in five years. Um, yeah, but uh, in, in the industry has been changed. And a lot of, uh, you know, older groups have successfully maintained their the name of the group. And, uh, you know, members, the full full members, you know, Kara has been... Uh, for this comeback, Kara, uh, in in ten years, this was the only time that they made a comeback with the full, really full mm. members. Mm. Yeah, Wanjunche. Um, 
I have to say, I will say this though. Um, I wouldn't want to see Baby Vox return <laughs> uh, because I just want to remember them from how they were 20 years ago and not who they are right now. Uh, but uh, Jenga says, uh, Youngdae knows the offspring. Oh, respect. Uh, yeah, offspring. I mean, they, I, I actually had one of their albums. Who do, who do you think I am? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a music creator. I think Offspring, they had that song, it was a pretty fly for a white guy. I think that was the it was an Offspring song. Anyways, I had I had their, the cassette tape. Youngdae, as always, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today. Hope you feel better and uh, we'll talk to you next time. See you next week. You can listen to Korea Now with me, SJ Lee, by downloading the Arirang Radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com. So make sure you tune in Mondays through Fridays, 6pm to 8pm, Korea time.